0: Hello, this is Charles Wiz, Tony Silva, and we are Two Teachers Talking, a podcast where Tony and I get together and talk about teaching and what we're doing in the classroom, things we wish we could do in the classroom, the mistakes we make, the things we think that went well, and this is episode 39, and today we're talking about an interesting topic, or hopefully all of them are interesting, teacher training and we expect this to be a little bit more meandering than usual, if even if that's possible. <laughs> but, yeah, what, that's a little laugh back there. <laughs> but it's an interesting topic and one that is being addressed a lot in, I think, the media, talking about teachers and teacher education and teacher training in general. So, Tony, let's start off with this. Um, teacher training. Yeah,
1: let's... it's a slippery, slippery topic. Yeah, right? I was going to say, it, it, let's...
0: It... <laughs> slippery. Yeah. So let's define it. What do we mean by teacher training? Are we talking well, about
1: yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, then, and so the problem begins. Um uh, you know, the whole thank you for listening. <laughs> for for um, you know, exactly what does that mean? And what uh are you actually training people to do or teaching them to do and how much of teaching can be taught and how do you focus that, how do you limit it? Um spend time on things that can be taught and not and don't waste time trying to chase down things that can't be. Um, I think when we were talking, at, at some point we were talking about teacher training and things, and it seems as if a lot of the um, training or teaching teachers uh, involves preparation, right?
0: Mm. Your lesson plan. Right. And I think a lot of people assume that when we were training teachers that we're teaching them how to prepare a lesson, design a lesson, make a lesson plan. And of course, we can directly address that with how many people do you know, go in with the written lesson plan into the classroom. That's done by time, Mm -hmm. right? Five minutes introduction, three minutes take role, for example. But we're talking about teaching at the university level. Rather than teaching, I think at the high school or junior high school or elementary level, should we focus on that, Tony? I think yeah, of course. I think we because think there's we a have real to, big that's difference that's there most with most of our audience. It's certainly right.
1: what we know the most about, and it's you know, interesting. It's it's well, it's maybe it's less problematic because uh, to you know again, to be frank, um, among our colleagues, not I don't know not I don't know how many, but a lot of them don't have. Any teacher training in Japan, uh, teaching at the university, um, generally, what's required is a master's degree of some kind, and in some cases, uh, a bachelor's degree suffices. But um, when people are, you know, we, we talked last year about um, job interviews from you know both ends of the ends of the table, um, the degree, yeah, you know, is is not a teacher's degree and. It's probably not that different from the United States either,
0: I guess, or most places in the world. I don't well, know. I think that most university professors are researchers. Yeah. That's, and yeah, that's are hired that's the for their right? research. Mm-hmm. They're hired for their research and so their are Certainly they're full,
1: full-time, right? Full-time and tenure track. Um, their main role there is to, you know, generate grant money mm.
0: and get the name of the university out for their brilliant research. Right. So when we're talking about teacher training – which I think also we have to kind of separate from teacher education because when I talk about teacher education I'm talking about what the person is learning in class about teaching teaching theory or you know the theory of language learning or second language acquisition etc so teacher training is for the classroom what the person is doing in the classroom what they're doing actually as a teacher in the classroom would you agree on that
1: okay well, i mean yeah to somehow limit it
0: and let's yeah let's do right. that and focus on yeah that. let's cut down our meandering i mean i've <laughs> or cut down my meandering and uh, just just as we're as we're laying out the groundwork here you
1: right now or have uh very recently actually been teaching
0: teachers well the program a, my you're department you're in the
1: program but you don't actually teach the teaching or train I, the teachers. Or- I
0: have I have a course where I do teaching methodologies and I have had um one of you know the teaching methodologies courses. Mm-hmm. And naturally um you can assume um, understand that I spend a lot of time on actual classroom issues more than I do on theory. Mm-hmm. So I do that because I don't think the students get very much of that. They get a lot of theory. They learn a lot of second language acquisition theory, but they don't get a lot of um, input or um, interaction with the concepts of classroom management or what to do with students or how to actually be in the classroom. I do go out and observe my... My seminar students—we get um, third-year students who take um, a very, you know, two or three-person class with the professor, and it's a very focused kind of class. And then they become your your graduation thesis students. Mm -hmm. So I go out and watch them teach one time which says a lot, right, that I only get to observe them once. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm involved in that. I, am. I see what the students are learning. I see the courses they're taking. So, it's, for example, we're definitely in a teacher education program, but also the faculty where I'm at is actually designed or has the mission to educate future teachers. So, yeah, I'm very much in so that, that environment. Your,
1: so you're quite involved with this. Okay.
0: Um, I don't know, quite involved, but... Well, more more um, it so is than most of us. M- more people in, in many ways, right. So I have some very strong opinions about this, mm-hmm. naturally. Um, so that's why it's important to distinguish between teacher education and teacher training. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a difficult topic to approach because there's so much we really don't know. And I think this is what we were talking about before, Tony, is that there seems to be almost um, a self-taught kind of process as a teacher, that after you're in the classroom for a while, that you're actually teaching yourself and training yourself. Um, what do you think? Did you come into the job with a lot of teacher training, or did you kind of learn it on the job by being in the classroom?
1: I came without it. Any, well, I say minimal, minimal um, training, per se. And um, when uh, I came to Japan the very first time and was working at a conversation school, and at the very beginning of that stint, there was a very short uh, training program that mostly familiarized you with their Method you know the way that they do things and their materials and the way they wanted you to teach things um not unlike um is it um was is, is, was no, is was nova huh. um yeah was uh, it, was nova. That, the, that was that that was the big one that's no longer in business that um or or maybe it was another more international organization that had for for those for those, those teachers in in that kind of teaching had very very strict classroom regimens that they were expected to follow. Again, uh, five minutes of this, ten minutes of this. Everyone repeats this three times, uh, and so forth and so on. So that it really took the teach almost took the teacher out of the equation, and um, you know you just followed
0: the plan. So you come over to Japan, you get a job working for a language school. And they have a system that they train you in, correct? Or they trained you in. Correct. And you had to do, you had to teach these things in a certain way. This is how you taught reading or writing. They explained that to you. Right. And then they said, this is how the class is designed. So essentially, except for your perspective as a student watching teachers, this was the first time you were actually in front of the classroom. In front of a classroom, I did some...
1: Other kinds of instruction. I mean, I was involved with the uh, clubs and organizations and involved some kind of training there and um, at the, that was sports car racing where I was like, you know, teaching driving and also in the karate dojo, um, also teaching some of the time. Uh, but nothing, not a classroom, not a classroom situation.
0: So you've basically learned on the job.
1: Right, and I was yeah, and that was one thing that I was going to say is that yeah, when you have um, the um, the the system designed for people who are not teachers, and you you know it's kind of color by number uh, type of system, it actually it, you know, if you're, one is so inclined, um, gives you a pretty good you know, safe framework uh, to actually learn to become a teacher, and um, I. Yeah, and it was in, in that way. I didn't realize it at the time. I kind of was very resentful of it at the time, but looking back, actually, that was actually maybe helpful for me.
0: That's an interesting way of putting it. I like to color by numbers, mm. right? Because things are pointed out for you, and then I would tend to be negative about that. But I could see that by having that kind of scaffold, for example, right? In lack exactly. Lack of a better word, exactly. That it allowed you to explore and develop things. So yeah, it's kind of
1: accident prevention, right? right. <laughs> it it keeps you you know in a safe zone.
0: But the thing is is that there are people who are going to be able to run with that and people who are not going to be right, able to run with that. Right, and that's right. going to bring up that really interesting question which is uh Artic, te- can you train anyone to be a teacher? Yeah, or, can you create a teacher? Right? Or is it some Is there a certain kind of person who actually fits better? Yeah, it's right in there with the chicken and the egg, right? uh, Well, no, that's that's an easy solution. Of course (laughs) the egg came before the chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Just read Richard Dawkins and you'll understand. (laughs) (laughs) But I think at some point we should address that question because it is an interesting question. But the teacher training issue is that I think most people are – get their experience in the classroom, especially in Japan, or they apprentice at a conversation school and then move into the university level teaching. Or... Pretty much. Yeah, I
1: think very much it is a learn by doing kind of career. Okay. Yeah. If not by design, by, by de facto
0: reality. I mean, that's just the way it is, seems to be. Right. So people will get their master's degree and then get a job or they'll get their Ph.D. and they'll get a job. But for a lot of people, I think we have to divide the situation into there are people who are primary researchers and then there are people who are hired to be teachers. And that, I think, a lot is the part time staff who are taught to actually come in and actually teach the language classes. Hmm. And so there you have a teaching brief. You're an educator. And I think that's an important point is to see whether or not people define themselves as being researchers or educators. So, okay, so you start off, you have the color by number teaching system. And then what happened for you? Because this is how many years later now? You've been teaching for what twenty-seven?
1: That was about twenty-five years ago. Okay,
0: so somehow you have managed to continue in the field, and I hope. And I know for a fact that you definitely don't teach by you know <laughs> 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 teach by the numbers. I've worked with you before to see what happens. So. What happened after that?
1: Well, I, I was here for a year. I did that, you know, the color by numbers for a year. went back to the United States to my old job for a few years, a couple of years, and um, realized I wanted to come back to Japan. I started looking for a teaching job. Did, man did find a teaching job at a, uh, a Semongako in, in Osaka, which is um, kind of a cross between a junior college and a vocational school, for those unfamiliar with the term. And um, in stark contrast to the... Um, to my initiation at the uh, conversation school, I I was a little bit late because of visa problems and the semester had already begun and showed up on a Friday and basically got handed a textbook and a a room number and was told, go get them. Mm. (laughs) And um, yeah, I'm in all honesty, I was not very good (laughs) at all, at all. Uh, and suddenly, it, it very quickly kind of appreciated that old color-by-number system. But about having spent that year uh, in the classroom, it helped me rather quickly um, to start doing things on my own and uh, being able to use a lot of the things that I had learned on my own in that first year uh, to, you know, start doing some real teaching. It, it's, you know, very you know, very similar just being thrown in at the deep end of the pool. Uh, there's the initial panic, there's the flailing, and then you get to the surface and you figure out how things work and
0: then you're swimming. Oh, that's the difference between you and me, I think. I get thrown into the deep end, there's panic. I come to the surface, I look around and I say goodbye and down I go... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how I felt maybe my first couple of weeks of teaching. It's just um drowning every day.
1: Oh the, you know, the flailing went on for weeks. <laughs> no, 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 it it, I'm it wasn't by the end of the first class. Twenty eight years later I'm still twenty-eight years later I'm still flailing,
0: I think. Yeah. So there's that interesting divide because it's something you said that in the first program you said it was color by numbers. Very controlled, very organized, right? And the second situation is that you are just told, go to a tiger, and there's no guidance of any kind. And I find that interesting that there's this incredible range that some universities have very, very, I think for lack of a better word, very controlling programs. Others are very coordinated, and some are in the middle, and there are a lot where Nobody cares what you do in the classroom. Nobody asks you to, you know, even discusses with you what the expectations are. I don't know how many times I've actually gone into a situation and said, people have asked me to teach classes at, let's say, a university or, and I go, what are the objectives? Yeah, I've got I got three three
1: bombs to drop here. Not <laughs> I'm gonna drop them all right at once because like, again, we're drop them. Be, drop them on like, your side, not on so my side. Okay. The, the, the 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 first one is going to just touch on that that other big question that you mentioned already. It's like what can you train somebody to do and what not to do, right? I'm just going to skirt around that a little bit. And um, the the second thing was um, something that we talked probably about last year about hiring, and um, probably i think that i probably said something like that uh when you are in uh, the person who's making the hiring decisions or involved in it the it's really important not to underestimate the importance of that job because yeah what you you need to hire the right person because going back to the first point um you got to hire if you if you're hiring someone to teach you really got to hire someone who will be able to teach and that sounds you know it's brain dead simple but it's anything but um it's very hard sometimes to from looking at um CVs and even the interview and model lessons uh, if that's what it involves having that having an eye to be able to identify a, a diamond in the rough for example someone with which is what I what I had to do with the semongako um is a really tough thing because mm. at the semongako you know the, the salaries were very low the teaching conditions were not ideal the kids were rough um and they you know they're not going to pay you know if someone especially at that time you know 20 some years ago someone with a master's degree this is going to get a job immediately at the university. It was, a, it was much more of a, of, a, of a buyer's market for the teachers. You could work anywhere. The, the people that we got were the people who were supposed to have a bachelor's degree, having um, had very little training. They were kind of just maybe just passing through. Um, but to look at those people and say, okay, this, is, this person is going to be able to get in front of a classroom and do the job and hopefully do the job well. Um, really tough, really, really tough.
0: And I forgot the third thing. <laughs> there were three bombs, yes. And yeah, since there were we, three bombs. and ah, did the third st- thing. You
1: talked about objectives. Uh, there we go. And this is the, this is the other elephant in the room, right? Or one of the men is getting crowded in here with all the elephants. Yeah. How many elephants do you have in your room? I mean, I've got I about know, four it's, here. It's really pretty. It's really pretty <laughs> tight. You talked about objectives, right? And I, I'll cynically say, well, there's a reason <laughs> we don't talk about objectives because. In and I'm not saying all, but in so many contexts here the when you talk about education and foreign language acquisition, foreign language teaching, there is very little happening again, this is not all in, some, in many, many contexts, uh, there is very little happening at any level that is in any way going to encourage foreign language ag- acquisition. Um, because that's not the... uh, I bang your head against the wall. I mean, I'm banging my head right now, but yeah, that's often not the objective. The objective is to avoid student complaints. Well,
0: actually... Go ahead. You know, I think that's part of it, but I'm going to go back to the fact that I think is that most of these education programs, at least at the university level... Most of the people working are researchers and not educators. And, but yeah, even, but the,
1: in, and, and yes, you're right. And it's, the it's, educators and. don't get – yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, not, it's, 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 it's a not multidimensional or. problem.
0: Right. It's that in one sense – we've talked about this before. If a student's taking one day a week of English or two days a week of English, or you're going to see them f- – 30 times in the semester, or the year, for 90 minutes, and there's one week in between each of your classes. And
1: that's not how one learns a
0: foreign language. And we language. know, and there's incredible amounts of evidence that will tell you that, uh, excuse me, but this is not the best way to have any kind of learning go on. Right, and what you we know. go back
1: on to you know, their experience in junior high school and high school, and the teaching that was, quote unquote, teaching that was done there, and who's been doing that, and... And as you said, and, 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 and it's just, it's, it's
0: mind blowing. Right. So it's such a combination of factors, but those I think are, we can talk about again, but I think we're talking about this kind of the teacher training side of it. And the problem is that so many of the people who are involved in the program design are people who have not been trained as educators or teachers. And, very, very true. And you and I have a common experience where we were at a school that needed to adapt and go from right, the two-year to the four-year program to go basically from a junior college to a college because they needed to be competitive. And that the people who were put in charge of the change were the same people who had been within the system for 10, 15, 20 years and had never been in a competitive environment. And we saw what happened there. Mm. And in terms of teacher training, what we see is that there's very, I mean, there are attempts at faculty development where the, and I think the faculty development is an outgrowth of the fact people are realizing that there's a need to improve teacher training within the university. But, Talk about meandering, right? Here I go. <laughs> I think that it's just, again, going to go back to the fact that there's so many researchers who are making decisions who don't really have educational backgrounds.
1: Well, I guess I – guess, yeah, you're right. You're right. And you know, I, I guess kind of what the, the the funnel that we're like coming down here is that, well, yes, um, there are people – in most people in the classroom do not have teacher training – Some of them are not focused on teacher training. I mean, on teaching at all. They're focused on their research. They are, these are the people who are uh, at the, you know, steering the wheel of the program. They're not the educators or the researchers in the curriculum. And the the part-time teaching staff is kind of a necessary evil. It's an afterthought. And the actual program itself is not focused on the teaching either. So the fact that any learning takes place is almost incidental. Because it happens in spite of all the uh, cards stacked against it, it's yeah. it's kind of interesting. Um, but, 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 but <laughs> not and, but, uh, but, um, yeah. To just to, not to like before we despair and and uh, you know slit our wrists here. Um, I kind of have the kind of the idea or the belief, if you want to call it, if you want to get religious, um, that when it comes to learning, most of the time, it's people teach themselves. And maybe, hypothetically, maybe in this process, as we, as we sit here and, and try and dissect it and look at all the, the, the pieces that don't work, not to say that a really good teacher isn't a beautiful thing to watch, and to see and to, to experience, if you're lucky to have had a good teacher, um, but maybe when it comes to the teacher training, and go back to a little bit to the color by numbers, maybe maybe the most important thing in teacher training is to teach the to train the teachers to,
0: like doctors, first do no harm. you, you know, I, I that's the first thing I start off with mm. when I'm talking with students if we have a teaching class. It's really a good way to go. It's first off, do no harm, and number two, you are going to hurt people.
1: Yeah, yeah, just
0: yeah. you gotta, ex- you know. It's I think it's kind of one of those things they do in medical school, and I think like somebody said it comes from I think, and they should the, do it in teacher episode. training too. <laughs> they do it in, the, in like house or something, some TV show, but it's the idea that the decisions you make as a teacher are going to have sometimes are going to have negative impacts, and there's. No way to get around that you 're going to hurt some kid 's feelings you 're going to make some kid not want to come to class or not want to study your subject and it's all, it's imp- i don 't know you 'd have to well, it 's true no it 's a perfect it's, it's teacher right? you 're making a test right and every question
1: you know yeah, who oh, this is the question that 's going to demoralize this kid and make him or her give up his study of English and maybe his his university education. Because you made it just a squish too hard. You know, one of the choices was just, you thought it was a, a obvious, but it, it drove them nuts. It's going to, yeah, and, and I'm obviously a ridiculous example, but on you know, a much bigger scale, it's and yeah. it happens.
0: But I like that. It's really true. It has to be do no harm. And students are going to learn, I think. There are those, right, students who are just going to learn. Sure, And some are going to have a more difficult time learning. But that idea of, I I agree with you completely, do no harm and just get used to the fact that you're going to make mistakes. And nobody explained that to me in the beginning. No, no. There's not a single in my master's program, which was in TESOL, right? Yeah, mine too. Uh, Right. And was designed, and I think the master's program is designed as a teaching program in many ways more than a research program, at least the one I did, there were courses in methodology and how to teach speaking or how to teach listening. But nobody sat back and said, you're going to harm people, you're going to hurt people. There was nothing about classroom management, how to deal with students who have checked out. There was actually, there was a lot about how to teach English or how to teach reading or how to teach writing, and here is a uh, the theory. But nobody said, how do you create a positive classroom environment? How do you create a situation where students feel comfortable to take, to, you know, take chances for risk taking? Or my the favorite thing is no one in the entire time. And, you know, think about it. If you take a master's program and let's say you do a program while you're in the country, like in Japan, you would think that somebody would address the issue of how do you get students to say, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Mm. Right. Mm. So that's why I think that distinction, again, is the teacher education, teacher training thing. Yeah. yeah teacher education yeah. teaches you how to teach the subject. Teacher training means, you know, really, it's the, it's the difference between uh, uh, training a mechanic and educating a mechanic. Okay. Yeah. What did you say? That the training's going on while you're working on the car. Yeah, And and this one is self Or trying to diagnose it.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. And all the misdiagnoses that you do, and it's like, okay, well, that wasn't it.
0: Right. And studies about, for example, doctors and diagnoses, right? Mm. And how often this, you know, five or ten doctors will make different diagnoses of similar problems. The accuracy of those diagnoses, and God knows what's happening when we're talking about teaching, when we're looking out at a classroom or a Jeez. student and the problem, and... Oh, oh, you know, it's like how many times have I gotten that wrong? Oh, right. so and you
1: know, the, the, what you're talking about like the training and things, and what came into my mind when you, you were you're talking is like, well, you know, with with the, with the teacher training, I mean, how do you teach the teachers to be? How do you teach empathy? I mean, because that's you know, in Japan especially, right? Because you know, the teaching you've got instruction where you give information, you okay, this, is the, this is the thing. And then you've got explanation where there's you know, confusion or there's a nuance that's not understood. There's need some kind of finding. You need to pull out examples and parallels and all kinds of things that you, to kind of make the point clear. You know, the, the ability to explain something clearly, to make something complex simple, reduce it to its basic elements and present it in a way that the person will be able to understand. But in Japan... Um, and maybe elsewhere. I mean, maybe it's not such a big balance. But I think in Japan, uh, going back to the do no harm thing, um, really, the biggest
0: thing I think is motivating the students. Well, We can go into a whole thing about can you really motivate students?
1: I yeah okay we can because I because you say we can, not but I think you really can. Well, we, I, really well I think, think I, we would just approach it differently, right? Maybe We're, yeah, Whereas maybe I, it maybe it's semantics. I don't I don't know well but um yeah but th- i mean th- that's for me it, when i think about it those it it's kind of like a three-pronged uh animal <laughs> <laughs> mixed metaphors um
0: now, that's what that means, mixed metaphor. A three <laughs> pronged great, animal. Three pronged animal. That's great. That's, that's the, a great title, That's for probably the, the the best the best the best mixed metaphor, you know, if you want to explain it. What's a mixed metaphor? Notice this. A, a three pronged animal teaching the three pronged animal. Yeah, that's that's it. Teaching <laughs> But the problem is that are you teaching the three pronged animal or is it teaching? colon right because <laughs> I mean cause, cause like for me right,
1: yeah, I mean with well, the idea, like what people, for the most part, and I know it's true in, in my past, um with the you know exception of some exceptional a few exceptional teachers, um yeah, I t- kind of taught myself, i mean wh- whether it was um you know the literature that I studied as an undergrad, um whether it was the the, the racing that I did in the states, whether it was the teaching here in Japan. Um, the computer stuff that I do—I've never had a computer class. Mm. I've never had any kind of formal instruction. <laughs> Not a
0: minute of of computer stuff. You but that's, that, I'm the
1: person people come to with questions.
0: You know, it's interesting to me because I'm the same way with computers. Mm-hmm. And my attitude now is: when someone asks me a question, my first response is, "Did you Google it?"
1: Sure. I mean, okay. yeah.
0: So I'm wondering whether or not you and I, who are people who just kind of, okay, I don't know how to work this machine. I don't know how to use this. I'm going to figure it out, and I'll do it on my own. I wonder if there's a connection there between teacher effectiveness. I don't know. Maybe it's an interesting way to approach it. Mm. Huh? I kind of find that interesting. Mm. Very. Yeah. But. Yeah, when you talk about motivation, though, to go back to that for just a second. Sure. um, I kind of come from the approach in terms of, well, we're kind of moving off of teacher training. But when I'm working with my students and I'll tell them, there's no such thing as teaching. You can create opportunities for learning. And your role as a teacher is to create an environment where as many students... Can have the opportunities to learn something that there's some th- way for them to engage in learning is really different from this concept of the teacher teaching things and then students receiving it, sure, but I think the motivation thing you 're talking about is a uh, you know again the three pronged animal there I really like that by the way that's gonna <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah, like stick the, like in my breeze, head yeah. the three pronged <laughs> animal. <laughs> It wouldn't be um um wait it would that would have been a like a triceratops without I'd, the legs. <laughs> <laughs> but a triceratops was a three pronged animal. Yes, bite by, bite. By, you by remember the dinosaurs names, from when sure. we were kids, right? And it had like the oh, armor yeah, right. around it, and it had like three horns coming out of it, supposedly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's
0: the three pronged animal. It, a,
1: a, a moment of silence for the no longer existent Brontosaurus. Me. You know, they they did to Brontosaurus, what they did to Pluto, right? Wait, is that true? Yeah. The
0: Brontosaurus? They they took
1: him off. The, they they, they de-dinosaured him. There's he? No, there was no Brontosaurus.
0: They defanged it. They, but no, Brontosauruses didn't have fangs, did they? Wait. No. The Brontosaurus they, 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 was the big giant thing. You know the, the one, yeah, on the, on the old Sinclair gas station thing. Okay. And that didn't exist. And it didn't exist. It's, what was it? It's gone.
1: Um, it's... Um, I don't remember, but it's. I think it begins with the P.
0: Huh? And there you are, loyal listeners, with a, <laughs> a totally surprising segue into dinosaurs. Yeah, that's uh, one of
1: my favorite prices. Do you think this is what people tune in for?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you mean the segues? <laughs> Not the segues, right? So anyway, but,
1: teacher training. Okay. Um, so learning on your I mean, own. Yeah, should we just go? Can, can you can you train teachers? I mean we We talked about yeah we, exactly what you were just saying about you can teach them to um you know create activities that engage that um, are 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 stepped and lead to the students putting things together and learning things for themselves, and we can certainly train people to do those kinds of things right um look for patterns in activities that based on certain principles to to do things and how to introduce it, how to explain it but um i, I guess we kind of have to wrestle with the idea like what what's you know exactly what is a teacher or and then you know how do you train a person to to become that
0: or to try to. what kind of person will be successful as a teacher well yeah, that's
1: another question
0: because you know, i think right? there are it's like certain our teachers born or made right well there's certain there's certain basic skills or abilities there certain or basic characteristics types, right? types both, right? that I think will succeed. So, for example, there's nothing you're going to be able to do with me that's going to turn me into a successful um, golfer or singer. All right? It's just, there's certain abilities I bring into the world in playing golf. Right. Or hitting those are, hitting those a are, stationary those ball with a long stick anything. is not one of them.
1: But maybe like guitar is a better example.
0: Well, there's also going to be a limit to how good I can get at guitar, I think. So I mean, that's really the question isn't it how what, what
1: defines the limit though
0: yeah I, I, I know and i'm just playing double that but what what defines that limit okay but even so one question is what defines that limit in other words the range of uh, is it your neural uh, system is it mental is it i mean is it physical is it mental is it
1: something else? is it
0: psychological emotional for example could we measure it on empathy right right. is do people with more empathy or higher level degrees of empathy succeed better as teachers and people with lower levels i mean and intuitively one would think so mm. um so when we're talking about the teacher training program i think the first part is, is you know identifying teachers or identifying those skills that we see are successful for people in the classroom and i don't know i would say no there's you can't make everyone into a teacher, but if someone has a certain set of skills and abilities and certain personality characteristics, and it, you know the right amount of intelligence, I think you can turn them into a teacher.
1: Well, I think you can always make somebody a better teacher. I mean, there's always you know, there's always room for improvement. There's always things that we can learn. I I learn stuff from you almost every week when we when we talk, or every two weeks when we when we talk. Um, you know, either during the the, the program or before or after. And and yes, I mean I, I'm always trying to learn. Um, and it sounds like I'm getting off topic, but I'm not. Um, yesterday in my class, um, it was a that last class of the week, and it's a low level first year student discussion topics class, and it's it's a big big step for them. And there's there's one girl in the class, and I'm watching her with her group and listening to her in her group, and it's like. If there was ever a born teacher, it is this woman. I really hope she becomes a teacher because she is going to help a lot of people. I don't care what she teaches, but whatever she goes into I hope it's some kind of teaching because she is just
0: unnatural, if you want to. Okay, could you give... Give me the, the, the details so I can get the image clear in mind because I okay, kind, so I know what you're talking there's about.
1: There's four or five. There's four or five students together, and they're all okay. shy and they're all struggling with you know, admittedly difficult material. Okay. What for were them. they doing?
0: What were they doing? What material were they working on?
1: They're discussing education,
0: ironically. Okay. Uh, so it's, are, it's, it, they have an. It's, ar-
1: a, it's a. It's a. textbook topic. Um, it's a combination of two units. One of them is uh, I hate school. The other one is student power. And the one is like all the negative things about school. You know, it's boring. I, I can learn more by traveling, et cetera, et cetera. guy's story, et cetera. The other one, student power, is a discussion between two textbook editors and discussing the advantages of giving students control over their learning. Okay, so the students— Expanded that into—it's because much too difficult for them. Basically, their mission was to talk about the positive and negative
0: things in their educational experience so far. Okay, so they've they kind of read something out of a textbook. Right. And then you've put them into groups, and then you've said, and yeah, okay. And they're all supposed to be doing some outside research and bring some information to class. So there's been a whole h- group to discuss. Okay, so you're doing the flipped classroom thing. Right. And they come back to class. They're supposed to be ready to have a discussion. So you put them into groups, and they're supposed to, what's Magically. The, to come up with, what was it again? simplified positive and negative things in their experience. Okay, great. So now that I've got that, so there's how many people in the group? Five. And, okay, now I've got the setting. I understand what's going on. So tell me what this girl does. She, I kind of, she says, okay, now,
1: she reads one of the questions, she answers the question herself, she asks one of the other students, this other student, tries to respond. She assists the other student bridge what she perceives as their difficulty in forming the sentence or expressing the idea. Her English is not that much better than any of the others. And that's the that's the thing. It's just not like she's a returnee or that she's fluent in English. But she's just naturally stepping into that role and pulling people over the crevices that they're afraid to jump over, encouraging them, um, creating this incredible positive energy in that group so that little by little, the kids are less and less afraid of opening their mouth, saying an English sentence, and making a mistake. And it's I'm watching this, and it's just like, wow, wow, she's just doing such an amazing job. And so to get back to the teacher training part, Um, and what I talked about, about learning things from you, observation. Um, I don't think there's anything more valuable, and we've talked about this in, in passing, and you've mentioned it a few times, both observing the good teacher and the bad teacher, and seeing what... Looking at someone who's doing it right and trying to figure out, how and I'm, as I'm explaining what she was doing, it's like this is really hard. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is really hard but to put it
0: into words. It's so easy uh, though to tell to, to, to tell them what it. they're doing wrong. Yeah,
1: yeah, oh, yeah. it's
0: so easy when they're doing so, when somebody's doing something wrong. It's so clear. But watching somebody who's doing something right, it's like, ah, how did he do that? How did she do that? What 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 just went on? Okay, so she's, um. Setting an example, right? Giving like a model. Right. Then the next thing is she kind of reaches out to kind of get somebody to participate. Then she does some recasts and supports the person in working through the issue. And then what she said was that um, she's basically supporting risk-taking. Yeah. And she's doing this just intuitively. Yeah. So obviously one could take this person provide them with like the essential knowledge of teaching technology that we know so to speak and just watch this person probably just do some amazing things in the classroom sure so she represents the naturally born the naturally born teacher yeah, i would say yeah
1: that's a good so way to put it so
0: we have to okay so we both agree that there are people who are just naturally born to do this they're wired to do this would you agree yeah Okay, and I think we'd also agree that there are people who are wired not to do it. Correct. Right. There's no question that there's the two poles do and, exist. And most
1: of the times, it like as usually, usually, <laughs> and we're talking about the other cases that are not the case, That's usually a self-selecting process. Certain people gravitate, for example, towards the nursing profession because not that they you know they get get off on blood, but generally they want to help people, right? And teachers generally enter the teaching profession not for the the not for the romance and not for the glory and, and not definitely for the money, not for the salary, the salary, and not for the respect. <laughs> um, they go into teaching into teaching for a different reason because basically they, they want to teach. And generally, someone who with that intent is, is kind of leans toward the direction of the person who's going to have the qualities that's necessary to do that. So it's. Generally, a self selecting process, but not always.
0: Mm, right. But sometimes it does occur. As, Somebody as, may as, have made a we, bad as choice. As we know. Well, I think it does happen at the university level because you get people who are researchers who are required to teach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that self selection does not exist. Right. And there's no question that there are people who are researchers who are truly gifted teachers, also. I think Mm -hmm. maybe the best example of that is Richard Feynman, right?
1: Mm, Okay. One of the most brilliant people
0: ever was a researcher, but ended up being one of the great educators of all time.
1: Mm. Oh, Um, so entertaining.
0: Yeah, yeah. By the way, I've been using um, for some of my advanced classes Richard Feynman's uh, report on the Challenger disaster. I strongly Didn't know this. Oh, oh, okay. We were talking about the this, other yeah, you know, sources. Right. Okay, it's a yeah. good one to look for. Just, um, again, an example of watching a brilliant-minded work. But just to watch his videos, if you have a chance, there's a lot of Richard Feynman on YouTube, watch how he teaches. It's just how he breaks down the problem, explains things. And this is the old chalk-and-talk kind of guy, but it's still great. Right. So well, I see, yeah, I mean, I, I got the other, that's the other thing. You know, it's like the old chalk-and-talk. It's like
1: people talk about, you know, and we talk about technology and teaching and all this and this thing. You know, a stick and the dirt, you know, a teacher is going to teach. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if you've got a magic whiteboard or if you're, you know, you're drawing pictures on the ground. Um, they're all just, you know, you use whatever tools you've got and you, you you know, make the best of them. Um, yeah. And again, to what you said, just like watching him, right? The observation, um, watching people either do it right or do it wrong, is so much more than, you know, the th- the theory or right you know, yeah minute detailed yeah breaking things down yeah
0: yeah and i think that what we have to do is admit that there are some people who are just never going to who are just not built to be teachers either they're just not patient enough or they're not empathetic enough or there's just there's no interest involved and then you can take this girl who you're using as an example who's probably going to need just a minimal amount of teacher training to be truly successful. And if, the, if that training doesn't ruin her. Right, yeah. Well that's, the, <laughs> right? well, that's the other three-pronged someone, animal. Someone else is like, no, you know, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. You see, there's another three-pronged animal, right? There we go. And so I want to come back to that because I want to talk about my first and second year of teaching. But directly now is that, so there's a group in the middle right? People who could teach seem to have Mm -hmm. the necessary wiring to be teachers. And how do we create programs so that those people can become effective teachers? And I'm not so much, I think our goal as educators, and I I would hope that the goals of teacher training is not just to create the best teachers, taking the people who are the most qualified to become teachers and turning them into great teachers, but can we create a teacher training program that takes th- that people in that whole range and te- trains them to become effective teachers? And there is, I think, a little nuance that we have to change, which is I keep hearing, how do we create great teachers? How do we create innovative teachers? No, I want to I train effective teachers first. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure people are really effective in the classroom and take away these emotional notions of greatness or, you know, the um, the romance of the teacher, which, you know, from what is it um, to serve with love? To serve with love. Hey, there's, love a, there's and... a great podcast. Let's discuss teaching movies, right? <laughs> ah, ah, right. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, I like to serve with love. I loved it as a kid.
1: Right. To with love. Stand and deliver. Ah, oh, the best one ever. And, 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 the, the, and the, what's with Robin Williams
0: one? Oh, um, he does the um, he teaches poet the, the Dead Poets Society? Society?
1: Dead Poets Society. Yeah, but
0: stand and deliver. They sorry, but stand and deliver. They actually take you through the process of how he changes the students. Right? It's mm-hmm. not like to Sir with Love, where he walks into the punky classroom <laughs> and, like, you know, fifteen minutes later, the class is transformed <laughs> into nice young. <laughs> <laughs> but how do we create effective teachers, and how do we not? ruin the natural teacher the one you're talking both, about yeah both both very important things and and
1: yeah and very separate but both very important mm. and yeah, especially with, with the first one about you know talk about effective teachers the last 20 30 years you know there's kind of this excellence kind of religion right um you know good enough isn't good enough um, you, you don't settle etc cetera, etc cetera. excellence is expected it's like well yeah, it's a nice slogan. But you're absolutely right. It, it, it rather the, the the people at the top, they're going to they're going to they're going to be running with the ball on their own. We, they don't need us. Mm. <laughs> um the that's the, the middle, the middle. And I, I think those people are trainable. I think you're right. But it, we have to create somehow programs systems to bring out the the best in them, the the things that can be brought out. But the, improve the things that can be improved.
0: But there's a big difference between a metric of excellence and a metric of effectiveness. Now I, I believe Mm -hmm. in excellence. I would hope that I'm always striving for excellence, but I'm being very, very practical here, giving limited resources, especially in public education. And the fact that, right, you're asking people to go into a field and saying, I am going to give up a certain degree of financial, um, what am I looking for? Um, Reward. Mm -hmm. To become a teacher, because nobody goes into the field of teaching saying, hey, I'm going to be the 18th richest person in the world after being a teacher. So naturally, there is a certain kind of person who's going to be moving into that. But also we're talking about longevity and staying power and the stresses of teaching. That if we recalibrate our goal, which is in teacher training, is how do we create and help people become effective teachers, right? And use that as a baseline because excellence can be demoralizing if somehow, Mm -hmm. you know, as I said, there's nothing I'm going to do that's going to allow me to become an excellent, again, I'm just going to use the, you know, thing golfer, okay, because I must have a Mm -hmm. handicap of 110. If somebody said, okay, Charles, you're, we're going to work with you in golf and we expect excellence from you, I've already lost But if somebody was trying to say, we're going to teach you how to be an effective golfer and so that you can do the best with what you have and that it can achieve the certain goals and objectives, I think we're moving somewhere ahead. And I want to know, what do we need to do to take that range of people we just talked about, right, which is not the person who is not wired to be a teacher and not the person who's just naturally born to be wired, but that range in the middle, right? One standard deviation each way from the median, right? From the mean, how do we teach and train those people to be effective and efficient educators? And once we can do that, I think we can start looking also at excellence because I think your question really is, or our question, Tony, is not whether or not you can, anyone can become a teacher, right? Right. But it's whether or not the people who are wired to be teachers can become excellent teachers. what do you think mm.
1: I, yes it's it's great I just it's a great it, idea great idea and i when you come down to like, okay, how do we do that? I don't
0: know right, but I think it's easier to figure out to say, I can help somebody become an effective teacher
1: mhm- with with some with with a, a huge caveat in that the people who are going to hopefully the people who do that do not reduce it to the color by number approach
0: right you can't no yeah. and right. i think we were talking about this before that but many
1: people think you can
0: right well those are the people who think that teaching is like being um it's a symphony orchestra and you have the the conductor and he's guiding mm-hmm. everything whereas i think both you and i agree it's it's a jam session yeah it's, yeah, it's a it's bunch a very of good analogy it's a jam session right you're jamming yeah. with the students and
1: i don't know and yeah it's really hard to teach that right that the improvisation the creativity the thinking on your feet all those things that we know that we know, you know we've talked about that make a great teacher i mean that's that's the key right. and how do you train somebody to do that? I
0: don't know if you can train somebody to do it, but I definitely think we have to educate and train these people who are going into teaching to be prepared for that and willing to do that. That's- right,
1: and to, to be able to – at least it's a step, right? To be able to identify it when they see it, take a look at how – where that improvisation, where the creativity may come from, opportunities for – those kinds of things, which we talked about in a number of different podcasts about coming up against a specific problem, turning that problem into an opportunity. the one example that you talked about is when your students show up and have only half of them have the book right okay, great, well then you turn it into a communicative sharing activity, and suddenly it's way better than if anybody everybody had brought their book being able to make that step okay and being able to Somehow, you know, show people, train people, say, okay, well, when this is happening, these are this, you know, theoretical, hypothetical problems. Okay, this problem, is, what, are, what are your solutions? What are the positives and the negatives? How do, you, how do you affect it? Bring about an effective outcome.
0: Right. And I think that the research on the issue shows that those kind of intuitive or the ability to adapt comes from having a wide range of experience. Experiences. <laughs> yeah, here we go. But, yeah, but I don't know. Right. I think what if I looked at the te- teachers I admire? Okay, the people I know who do the best. They're the people who seem the most open to winging it in a certain way. The mm-hmm. people who seem to be okay. This isn't working let me move to something else. So I'm wondering if that's one of those qualities that might lead to good teaching. And I know that there are people go, no, it's the preparation you do and the scripting out and the structuring and making sure that everything is going to go in a certain way. And I understand that. And I believe in the beautiful kind of, you know, the old days, the perfect NASA launch, but I think that the best example, maybe the best teaching movie ever made, by the way, going back to that, might be Apollo 13, that mm-hmm. Ron Howard movie where you watched people just trying to solve problems and deal with it and interact That's with always each other.
1: One of the things that really fascinated me, I mean, other than just the sheer magic of space travel, I mean, <laughs> all by itself, right? But the thing that always says is when, yeah, when something went wrong, right, and you had the engineers coming together and repurposing some part. Right. do something. So, for example, you know the, the the tube from the oxygen tank to the to the main cabin is you know cut put, and you, and you got to say okay, well, there's a there's a there's a tube that might work, but you're gonna have to get outside the aircraft, you to go to the third engine, and right underneath the spot you, you cut off this thing, you won't need it on reentry. So you come back and bring that in, and, and you do this, and you use this other, and you use a catheter and this and this and that, and put it hop it together, and maybe you'll get oxygen that way. Um that kind of exactly
0: that kind of riffing um i like yeah. the word you use by the way repurposing yeah that's great because i think that might explain what i do a lot in class i might describe it best is that something happens and you got to go mm. wait i can run with this in a different way and my students will learn this and I'll, I'll just repurpose the task right excellent point great
1: i like that yeah and that's and that's it that that's what needs to get these people need to learn how to do because you can you can salvage so many classes that way. Beyond
0: salvage, you can turn them into your greatest successes sometimes. Right, exactly. And I think you and I would both say that our greatest successes are the ones we remember the most with pride. The ones, you know, when yeah. you sit around you with beers and you want to yeah. tell the story, right? <laughs> of like, hey, let me show you what a good teacher I am. Because this is my only one example. Is always a repurposing story when something is just, you know, crashing. You're crashing and burning. But that's an interesting thing is that maybe – the current approach to teacher training that I see here and maybe that's going on to a certain degree is it's training classical musicians. And what we need to do is we need to train more like the kind of jazz musician, right? The person mm-hmm. who learns how to work and riff and improvise. And yeah, I think that's probably the strongest statement I can make is that we have. Yeah, to, there we go. Right. I think that's it. I I, I
1: would agree too. And it's like, yeah, more jazz.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And let's train people how to do that. And, then maybe we can get something – because I know that students that I see or the ones that I observe and when they're doing their teacher training or their student teaching, right, they're going to these really, really good schools. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then I'm wondering if that's what accounts for the high degree of uh, teacher burnout and dropout in Japan. I think there's a very high rate of teachers teaching for two or three years and then quitting in Japan. I yeah, have to check into this. I think, I think this. that's worldwide. Worldwide. Is that you No, know,
1: it's a t- it's a tough job. It's a yeah, so. <laughs> it's yes, a tough yes. Job.
0: And you know, my favorite thing again about teacher training or not my favorite thing, but is somebody once said to me I was talking and they were some I forget, maybe some kind of business person or something, entrepreneur, I don't know. And they said anybody could teach. And I said, "Really?" They said, "Yeah, it doesn't really take a lot to be able to be a teacher." So I said, "Okay, I'll tell you what. I want you in the next hour to teach my daughter how to write a paragraph. Anyway, what? I said, I want you to teach her how to write a paragraph and to teach her the the parts of the paragraph and explain to her how to put her ideas together. And the guy's like, uh, and I said, okay, then you understand my point. It's not as easy as you think. So fortunately, I think that most of the people listening to our podcast are educators and teachers, so they know that. But I think we've got a real at least come somewhere to on this very meandering conversation that the teacher training, I think, has to really focus on adaptability, the, being, the, able, the ability to repurpose things, to riff, to improvise, and I think to just say, hey, this isn't working. Let's throw it away and try something else. Hmm. Kind of like your first year of teaching. Do you remember that? Yeah. Where yeah, you don't know sure. what you're doing, and so you're just trying anything. Yeah. Hmm.
1: And then little by little, you see, okay, that worked. And then you try, hopefully you think a little bit about it and why it happened, why and things. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating topic.
0: And we can go on it and for, and on and on. But and I on would, I think we should definitely do a podcast on
1: teacher movies. Teacher
0: movies. I like that. Yeah. Like so it. this I is like maybe that. a good time to wrap. And first we'll do yeah. that by saying to the audience, please email us with your f- favorite teaching movies. Good ones. Ah, uh, your favorite and least favorite. Yeah. And then we can talk about them. I think what was it? Desperate minds, <laughs> dangerous
1: minds, dangerous. Yeah, mi- uh, my mind,
0: my mind's desperate, dangerous. Yeah, minds. we were we are both pretty desperate. Okay, so that would be an interesting topic. So we kind of came to some interesting conclusions here, Tony.
1: Mm. It's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I think for 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 such a
1: <laughs> an incredibly a, a slippery animal, it, a slippery <laughs> three pronged <three-pronged> animal. animal.
0: <laughs> We we, we, came, we came a long way. I think. Well, I have a more clarity than when I started, and I know that I can go back in and turn to my students and say, okay, I th- no question now that this is the most important skill.
1: Yeah, it's- and the, the
0: thing is, like, yeah, you, even though, um, like, just,
1: like, talk about the act of, of learning and things, it, it meant extending the, the metaphor a, a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, discussions like this where you, on one level it's like, we don't know what the hell we're talking about or where we're going or things, but just getting down there on the mat and wrestling with the idea uh, can sometimes lead to its own revelations in uh, enlightenment, you know, learning something. Um, the, the actual uh, process of, of sitting there and yeah, struggling with it um, can, can bring benefits
0: of its own without any like hard conclusions. Right. That's yes, well, I think you said it best. As long as you feel that, you know, the struggling with the topic is, you're not going to be penalized for having the wrong answer. Hmm. And that's also the willingness to struggle and not, also having a high level of uh, tolerance for ambiguity might be another trait that would Ah. be good in teachers, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think my wife has gotten used to me coming home and just... Frustrated and not knowing, and having to say that hey, being frustrated and not knowing is part of the job.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Okay. Absolutely. That's a very, very important. So, this two. is
0: two three pronged animals talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is two teachers talking, and we're two teachers talking at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us. Two teachers is our website. If you ever want to call us, it's uh, two teachers talking on Skype. Did I miss anything? And ah, two no, teachers talking it. on iTunes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and maybe, maybe just a fast shout-out to Rebecca, who's a longtime listener and keeps in touch with us. Uh, um, and also Allison, not my Allison, but uh, Allison Sheridan of uh, the uh, Nozilla, po- uh, Nozilla Cast, I guess is her web po- and Which is a, podcast That's it. a technology w- Yeah, yeah, podcast. Yeah, podcast. yeah. Very nice. Gour, Very, yeah. nice. Podfe- Very nice. Podfeet.com is hers. So she does a podcast on um, – not specifically Macs, but it's very Mac-oriented, But and all kinds of equipment and tech things that go on there, both workflows as well as uh, hardware. A lot of interesting stuff. Highly yeah. recommend it. Yeah, back to us with like all kinds of you know discussions about individual work and group work, which we'll probably work into something at some point in the future,
0: but uh, yeah, hey, thanks for listening. Okay. Alright, so, once again, this is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. Two teachers talking and we We've have been talking and not <laughs> and now two teachers not talking now <laughs> okay tony have a good week right bye